1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: All right, my um, good old friend, Drea, thanks for chatting with me today on the good old Western honeycomb Hub and. <laughs> Uh, we've, uh, hit our September season. October is here well into, well, a few days into October and, uh, we've gotten some antelope, elk, bear, deer hunts all under our belt for both of us. And so just wanted to catch up and see what was going on, some hunting stories. And I have zero outline here cause we don't really need it, but, uh, That's right. the first thing I wanted to kind of talk about is the one thing I wrote down, one thing I wrote down as we were kind of talking beforehand is the coming out West expectations. And, uh, I, I think I know how your season's gone so far a little bit. Uh, but I don't really know just a few little ups and downs. And, um, but I do know that from previous seasons of my own, that even when you lived in the West, some of your expectations cannot be fulfilled whatsoever. And you get into elk or you don't get into elk. You don't see elk. You've got some frustration. Uh, I gave the recap of my whole Colorado hunt on a podcast or a couple podcasts ago about shooting my elk and my bear and uh, the emotional roller coaster of that, as well as the, just how the hunt went, but give me a little real short rundown of your your September season so far or it went
3: I would definitely say expectations are very very hard not to have like I feel like it's something every year that I'm very humbled by um whether it's in the middle of season or after season but this summer we had scouted really good like really hard we didn't put boots on the ground but we glassed and we found 24 different bulls we probably found a good 15 really good bucks we seen bears almost every single day so the confidence was really high going into season and the day before opening day it just poured down rain all day and after a really dry summer that boosted our confidence as well for one it was keeping people out of the area or so we thought <laughs> and Uh, first week of season was just absolutely phenomenal. We had quite a bit of opportunities, just the wind and other elements, you know, kind of put us on hold on that. I actually shot at a bull at about 43 yards. And for the first time in my life, I seen this, he ducked the arrow. And I think the reason why he did that was he came up over, he crested the ridge and I had a very small window to make a shot as he basically came broadside and then was going to turn butt towards me walking away following his cow. So I saw what his cow did and I saw him. She was hot. He was following her. And, uh, so right as he came broadside, I pulled back. And as I pulled back, I cow called cause I was, it was one of those situations where I'm like, it's now or now or never, I don't really have any other window. And if he runs, he runs. If I get a shot, that's great. But this is my really only chance in this situation. So I cow called and he saw me just at the tail end of me pulling back. And I believe he just tensed up enough that when I went to release my arrow, he ducked that arrow and it just went right over his back a couple inches. And I was completely shocked because this was the first time in my archery career that I felt super calm, like There was no pulsing, racing heart. I was just like, this elk's going to die. He has no idea I'm here. He's roughly, I, you know, had ranged everything before that. And so I knew he was roughly like 40 to 45 yards between there and completely ducked it. And I was just like, what? (laughs) You know? Um, But that was within the first week. And then, you know, we had several other days where we were just in on the elk but it was they were pretty quiet they would be vocal in the mornings we'd be able to locate them but they weren't necessarily responding to our calls Uh, midday we would hear a bugle from their bed so we would be able to be like all right that's where they are in the timber but really just inconsistent wind this year and I've actually heard that from quite a a bit of other people as well is that Hmm. they were having a lot of issues with wind and you know also, the amount of hunters that Colorado saw this year, and we talk about this all the time, but this year was insane. Um, wow. One day, one day we, we, we uh, ran into four hunters within like 40 minutes time in the afternoon. We're like, all right, let's go to a new area.
2: <laughs> that just sucks the energy right out of you. Yeah.
3: It does. It's really hard. We were in, in that day in particular. We, we went in. This was the spot that I had told you about in the past where you've got to hike all the way down, camp in the bottom right next to BLM and private. And we got down to where we wanted to camp right next to a Creek. It was a great spot. There was fresh sign in there and we were sitting at camp and we heard a bugle. So we just grabbed our bows and I don't know, walked 80 to a hundred yards away from camp there. And they were making their way right towards us, right up through this Benji Aspen grove with all these patches of timber There was wallows everywhere and rubs everywhere and so we're like i was like this is exactly what i envisioned coming in here like going into this spot where i've seen them for years move from the private in the bottom to go up in bed this is how i wanted to approach it i wanted to be there waiting for them and we did that and the wind was great until we felt it on the back of our necks and then they just were quiet they moved off And so we're like, all right, well, we'll give it the morning. We'll hang out at camp and we will try and get into them this afternoon. You know, they didn't, we didn't hear them run off. Um, they bugled a few times after that. They were kind of off a ways from us. So we're like, let's just let them be and we'll hunt them this afternoon. And that's when we ran into the four different hunters. And so, yeah.
2: But, Uh, and one of my thoughts with all that is the, the, uh, expectations people have of coming from Pennsylvania or South Carolina or wherever. Mm-hmm. And you put in a lot of work. I mean, I know you were scouting all year long and, and mm-hmm. looking for elk, finding elk, and you've got a lot of elk hunting experience, but yet still you're one of the 90% that didn't fill. <laughs> it's, exactly. a, it's, yeah. it's a hard game. It's a really hard game. Yeah. And the over the counter stuff is seems like it's it is just getting trickier and trickier and with the mm-hmm. pressure for sure adding up to the number of people that are there is just uh is really making it it trickier so i've I've kind of changed what my approach is for future years, not also because I've moved but check, uh cashing in some points down the road and building up points mm-hmm. to yeah uh not a ton, but enough to hunt a specific area with mm-hmm. less people and I think, I think that's what my goal will be and to spread it out over a couple of states
3: yeah, and I even told you in the past I was like, I haven't been applying for anywhere because the units the three units that I usually hunt are great. there's just for some reason there's not a lot of hunters in there Hi. <laughs> and uh Hi, buddy. and then here we are. <laughs> here we are this year with just like the most amount of hunters I've seen in general in Colorado, not in that area, but in general. And so then now I'm at what you're just talking about. Okay. Now I need to start doing some research, putting in some points for other areas and even other States. I am now to the point of being like, all right, I would love to go. I would love to go back to the West coast, honestly, and hunt some Roosevelt's because growing up, we hunted Roosevelt's with muzzleloader. And I would love to go back and try and and shoot a Roosevelt with my bow.
2: Yeah. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Get back to what you you did a long time ago. That'd be really neat.
3: Yeah, exactly. Where it all started.
2: Yeah. Um, And taking what you've learned here, using it there would be Mm -hmm. pretty neat.
3: Yeah. I always thought that the elk just didn't talk. You know, when we hunted muzzleloader season, it wasn't during the rut. It was let's see, it usually opened like that week of Thanksgiving and would go all the way through December. So it was like a month long season. And so it wasn't in the rut. And so we never really experienced that part of elk hunting. And so I was always like, oh, elk in Washington, they don't talk, but it'd be cool to go back and actually hunt them in the rut in that really thick stuff in the dark forest. Um, so that's, that's on my list of hunts to do in the next few years.
2: So we've got uh, antelope season going on right now in South Dakota or in Colorado. A rifle the rifle season, but you had an archery archery antelope. So that's over, correct?
3: Yeah, that was what mid August to mid September. Yeah, that was a really fun hunt. That was the first time I've ever hunted antelope. It was a solo hunt. Had a lot of stocks, a lot of opportunities, but just. Couldn't quite get close enough and I was hunting a pretty small area of BLM that the bottom part of the access point was trust land, which I couldn't hunt. And then the East was all private and then the West and pretty much the North was Wyoming. So
2: archery antelope is so fun. I really, oh, really enjoy yes. it. Yes.
3: I think a lot of it, of Turkey onion. I remember being out there and being like, this is like chasing turkeys with your bow. <laughs> It's like, could be so frustrating, but it's so addicting, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've only been out, uh, once so far. Our season's been open since the beginning of October and I had to take my three-year-old and he had a pair of boots on that were brand new that had some pokies in them. And the pokies were mm. just like the fact that they're crappy boots. So he couldn't. Yeah. Tried to fix them with some duct tape and cover that. So it was smoother in there. And then, so we got a couple of, short hikes out away from the truck and the really frustrating thing is we found some antelope a really nice buck with i don't know five six does and that no one else was on it was opening weekend so that's the worst part is that there was hunters everywhere and Mm
3: -hmm.
2: the ethics and morals of these hunters were not of mine so that was annoying uh and what happened is so we, we got on these antelope we hiked uh, only quarter mile, maybe a little further, out away from the road because these antelope were kind of tucked behind a hill and I just so happened to see them out there as they were kind of feeding and we snuck up to within about 450 yards, peeked over the hill and there they were feeding on the other side of the fence where we couldn't shoot them and you know antelope, they don't really like to cross fences too terrible well so you couldn't, yep. couldn't just assume they're going to be coming this way but they're on a a person's driveway and somebody had drove down that fence line or coming out of that house or whatever. And they kind of spooked them even further away. Uh, but then they realized that I want to come back that other way. So they, they did cross the fence, but at that point it was about 700 yards and still, I think actually on, on private. Uh, and they started heading towards, uh, kind of circling around us towards some other hunters that I knew were there, and figured, sweet, we're just gonna sit right here, tie, and chill out. Uh, we had our—I posted a picture of him eating a fruit roll-up, and sure. so he's he's snacking away. And we just were set up, perfect, absolutely perfect. We could see uh, if they happened to cross the road, that was gonna be really weird because there was a lot of pressure that way. Uh, if they come came back the way they came, I would have seen them. Uh, I had everything between me and the road blocked off. I knew that and we were set up really nice. I had my death grip tripod, so I was steady, steady, steady. And, uh, my new scope I put on there is making me feel really good out to 500. So I was feeling really, really good with that whole setup and here's another truck that was looking at this antelope and I watched him, the guy in the truck drive back and forth and back and forth on this road, looking at these antelope. I'm sitting up on a hill, both of us in orange. So it's obvious that they can see us. And then they <laughs> drop someone off and that guy went and sat on a hill about 300 yards away from me. So oh my it's just, it's fair game. Everybody's antelope. It's public land. You get to chase the same antelope, but...
3: It is, but where's the ethics
2: in that? I know, and I'm saying that sarcastically, that, that yeah. that's, how they, that's how they view it of, oh, we're going to help each other out here. I didn't ask you to help me out. I didn't, yeah. he- I didn't ask you to, to come and sit right here, and, and I, Ty and I ran into other hunters the, earlier that morning, and I saw them. I was like, oh, okay, they're in here. Let's go, buddy. Let's go find another spot, and that's exactly yeah. what we did. Yeah. If I had seen those people in there first, I would have backed out. It's like that's theirs. They, they got yep. there first, they found it, but instead they sat there and based on what, some evidence is what I saw later, I'm pretty sure they ruined that hunt for us. And uh, as long with maybe another hunter or two, because mm-hmm. once we got back to the road, it's probably good. They got back to the road, back to the truck before I did. Cause I wasn't going to be super nice about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was It's going to be nice but I was mm-hmm. going to say something that just, yeah. you know, I'm out here with my three-year-old and we're sitting here and that just, that just wasn't cool that you came and sat here. That's literally all I was going to say, but mm-hmm. I never got that chance to talk to him. And when we drove back down the road, we noticed like three mu- or more trucks just showed up pulled off and as we're driving down i see these two antelope bucks somewhere out in the middle of all those hunters running across the hill and dust clouds hitting right behind them and people yeah, just true. yeah shooting shooting just hail marys at these antelope and and it's just oh my gosh i was like this is so dumb i am leaving there's obviously mm-hmm. antelope here but i don't care this is not yeah. what i want to be a part of it's not what i want my kid to be around uh, for it's one, not, it's safe, not safe. Exactly. Uh yeah. So I'm. Um, I, I, we left, and I think we maybe walked another very short little bit, but realized opening weekend is not the time to be hunting mm-hmm. these public land spots. And and we hadn't really found any private to to hunt. So this was kind of just yeah. a cash in what points I have and see if I can't get an antelope. So that that didn't pan out. But tomorrow is. uh Tomorrow and I've got half a Tuesday to go fill a buck and a doe tag for antelope and should be able to. I should be able to. There's enough antelope and most of those folks just stay, seriously, 500 yards from the road. And yeah, there's some big, big expansions, which antelope yeah. hunting from a truck is effective. Like to cover ground, I've done a big 10 mile loop and never seen an antelope. And you can yeah. waste a whole day at it. But if you can, I'm trying to find those spots where there is Antelope, and then I can kind of get out on on my feet. Like I know there's antelope roughly in this area, so if I go Mm -hmm. for a mile or two hike, I should at some point run into something. It's just you just can't cover enough ground uh, by foot, but you can get away from that pressure. So this it's kind of a a trade off there. So I, I definitely will be getting quite a ways from the road tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to it. Or at least I found. Uh, when I was with Ty, I found some antelope that were kind of, they were only a quarter mile maybe from the road on public, but you would have had to hike a mile and a half to get to them. On. Mm-hmm. So find a spot like that is what what would be a bonus and most people aren't going to do it. They're going to just pass, move on to something else. And the antelope doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> get, yeah. I'll, I'll gladly, even if it's a doe, I don't care. I'll pack that thing out a mile and a half because uh, most... Yeah. Most of these people out here, they're so lazy with, uh, with or they don't know how to quarter. I've noticed people in South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, they, they don't know how to quarter anything. So they have to drag everything. And I, mm-hmm. my argument for why people think antelope don't taste well is because they, they get too hot and they don't sour right away. But they instantly, I think some of that flavor is compromised. So mm-hmm. it, it starts then. The meat's still good, but I think it goes bad quicker than deer or elk. So that's or what just, I've heard. Just yeah. tainting the meat. So you get that little <laughs> bit more sagey flavor that people think they just taste horrible. Well, I made some antelope meatballs the other day that were stinking good. It was so, so good. And I, I made an antelope steak that wasn't even out of the back strap. Oh my gosh. I need to have that again. So, uh, your antelope?
3: sounds a lot like one of my mule deer hunts that I had this year. I don't know if I no. told you about it, where so I went into this area once again. I scouted it all summer and found some really good bucks in there. I had talked to a, a friend who actually he sent me the waypoint for this area. He wasn't in the was in that, the valley this year, so he was like, "Hey, was that that know, big
2: th- buck? You were that you What's sent that? you sent, a, sent me a picture of a really good buck."
3: Yeah, there's there's them. every single not every single buck, but at least 50% of those bucks I was seeing were just really good genetics, really tall, really wide, really deep forks, and got a lot of. Content.
0: Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com.
3: Content of them all summer. Really cool to get out there and literally first light. I would see them in the same exact spot or general area, you know, within a quarter of a mile of where they were. And, um went in there to hunt them, and it was an evening hunt, so I got up up on the ridge for about four thirty. I wanted to be in there. It was probably more about four o'clock. I wanted to be in there pretty early, just knowing that deer typically move a little bit earlier than elk. and was sitting there, and I heard some footsteps to my left, and I look over and there's two two male hunters coming my way. One guy's in orange, he's got a rifle, and the other guy has his bow. And so stand up, talk to these guys. Turns out they had been hunting that same spot since opening day. It had been uh, like almost two weeks of season, about week and a half of season that they had been in there. This guy had shot at a bear, he missed. He then shot at an elk and missed. And you know they made the comment, oh his rifle must not be sighted in all, like properly. You know, or kind he of makes sucks. And. So we talked about where we're hunting. They're like, all right, we're going to go to the far end. We're going to stick right on that public and private borderline. They told me they had been seeing the deer, like the bucks in there every single day and that they would give me my space. So like, we talked about this, like where I was hunting and where were they were hunting. I was literally going to sit up on the ridge until I saw the bucks. and I was going to try and put a stock on them and they were going to hunt 500 yards away on the backside of this ridge. And they knew Like I said, that those deer were in that same spot every single morning and evening. All right. Time goes by. Sure enough, like the last hour of light, I see two bucks below me, a couple hundred yards away. And with the wind and the topography, I just couldn't go straight towards them. And this was the first time I've ever really put a stock on a muley. And I felt super confident about it. The wind was in my face tucked in my socks over my pants and I was super quiet like every time they would feed and their head was down I would move another 20-30 yards or so and they had no idea I was there. I put about a 400 yard sock on these guys having to circle around and make my way towards them and only had probably another 20 yards to go and I see the smaller buck lift his head look like And he wasn't looking at me, but he was looking in the field kind of back behind me. His ears were up, right? It was that look of like, hmm, do I run? And sure enough, they bolted. And I was like, oh, it must just be like a coyote or a bear. Because I had this conversation with these two guys about where I was hunting, where they were hunting. They told me specifically they would not ruin my hunt. They would respect my space. And I look back and these two dudes are in the middle of the field in the middle of a sagebrush field wide open right at prime time. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> and so I make my trek back to my boots and time it. Cause I was like, I am going to talk to these guys, but like, obviously I want to like take a few breaths and, but I want to like, let them know that, Hey, this was not cool. And they walked up to me and I was just like, what were you guys thinking? Like it's prime time. Like we had this, conversation about this like and one of the guys apologized the other guy wouldn't even look at me and Hmm. he's like oh how close did you guys like i needed 20 more yards to go oh man we're so sorry we'll take the ridge line back well it's too late now bud like you spooked the deer and the sun the sun is going down like i told him i was like i had 20 more yards to go those deer had no idea i was there and you guys ruined it. I was like, I hope you think next time you go out in the woods and you are hunting in the general same area as another hunter to take a moment and think about it before, before you do that. I was, I was pretty upset. Um, and then, you know, walked on out of the woods, but
2: yeah, geez, that's frustrating.
3: That's, that's the part we can't, you know, control with the other hunters is yes, it's public land and it's great that we have, the access to it and to be able to hunt it and we all must share it, but we've yeah. got to figure out a way to bring more awareness to just being more respectful to the people that we are sharing this land with, because I don't know what those guys story or situation is, but like the amount of hours, the mornings that I woke up at like three thirty, four AM to hike into this area and, and scout it. And I had just a really kind of for a while there it was, a negative like bad taste in my mouth regarding i'm like why do i try so hard like why do i scout so hard all summer because i hype myself up i create these expectations on what's going to happen my friend had told me they had never seen another hunter in this area and then within that week's time there was at least four or five different hunters in there two of which completely ruined my opportunity so
2: Dang. And-
3: a lot of things to think of mind. going back to that expectations
2: yeah, and one of the uh, things I was keeping in mind as I was driving, I had gotten there just a little after light because I didn't want to pull my kid out of bed at four. And I wanted to pull him out at least get to that five o'clock hour because uh, that's important for a three year old. But um, mm-hmm. we uh, we were driving past, oh, and I, I just had that thought in my head of, oh, cool, that kid, that guy's out here with his kids, and that's pretty neat. I'll just keep on going to the next spot and saw a few young kids and and different types of people out. And I saw a couple of college kids. I was like, that just threw me back to my college days. And I just thought thinking, even though they're driving like a car, that that brought me back to college again and thinking how good for them. Hope they find one. Get after it, guys. (laughs) Get way Mm -hmm. in there. Just kind of that really positive mindset. And then – no wonder we all are at our, each other's throats when we see that stuff in the field. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, again, another little, okay, how do I respond? Do I want to be one of those guys that are fighting and cursing each other out in on YouTube later on or on Facebook because they have a conflict with another hunter? Well, that doesn't help. It doesn't help the community whatsoever. So it just right. took me a minute to to think through that. And when it impacted my kid, that made it even worse. Because how badly I wanted to shoot a doe antelope with him for him to experience that. Because last year when we called in a bull, a little teeny raghorn that nobody even shot or anything, he talked about that experience (laughs) for six to eight months. And I still kind of try and relive that memory with him a little bit so he doesn't forget. He's going to forget. He's not going to remember that memory because he was two. and. Just trying to keep that somewhat fresh and say, "Hey, buddy, you remember when that bull was coming down the hill? Do you remember him? And he's he's way smarter than I realize. Uh, because even when he picks up my bugle tube, he'll add a chuckle at the end of it. <laughs>
3: I love those videos. <laughs> I, no,
2: he adds a chuckle, and I I can't get the best ones on video because he does it, and then getting him to repeat it is so hard.
3: <laughs> and these are sure the These are the memories that he's gonna remember when, you know. These are, and I think he played the right move of backing out of there and not not instilling that in him when he's young. Versus, you know, taking taking the good, taking things he can learn from and going on from there. Because I remember being being young, not necessarily that young. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That were some of the the memories and stuff that really like my dad instilled in me was just like those moments out there, the experiences.
2: Yeah. And the sad thing is, is his memory from that, if I talk to him about it, he'll say, Oh yeah, yeah the guy's ruined our shot. Other hunters mm-hmm. ruined our shot is what yeah. he says instead of, uh, something about seeing the antelope or mm-hmm. carrying it out or whatever. I don't know. It, it was a totally different kind of memory we've got, so kind of a bummer. But anyway, moving on to more positive, exciting things. Uh, <laughs> we, we we're just texting this morning, looking like early November you're going to come out. So that, yeah. uh, th- there should be a little bit of rut activity, but not a ton, and that should be before West River deer season, so I'm looking right now at a spot, a waypoint someone dropped to me, uh, that is uh, a place i want to get out so that makes me sound horrible that i'm going to a spot someone else shared with me or i'm sending you to a spot but um,
3: for <laughs> yes
2: but it's it, it's uh, it's staying under my hat <laughs> you i want i don't think i'm going to get there and the very few times you make it here i'm mm-hmm. using you to check it out <laughs> but i think I used- it'll be really good um, yeah. he had seen some very nice muleys in there, uh, and it's country that is going to be cool. So if, if hopefully we can both get in there, um, it's out of the black Hills onto the prairie in some more of the breaks and like it's the, it's, there's some egg fields down on some private, uh, but it's the last waypoint I shared with you. So a little bit of a hike in there, which is exactly what i know you and i both like so yep. it, it uh i have hunted this kind of country before with these little breaks and it's fun it's so fun it's just trying to it's no question we, that we're going to see deer it's just one of those it's kind of like an antelope punt. the stock is the mm-hmm. hard part seeing the deer yeah. before they see us mm-hmm. and we just kind of go up and over these little breaks over and over again trying to
3: trying to find them, blast yeah. them
2: up. yeah yeah so I, i'm trying to take a look at how i want to hunt it so take a look and look at on to see how you would hunt that terrain because mm-hmm. um the r- little ridges run northwest to southeast and now. the northeast side of that is obviously where all the cover is
3: mm-hmm.
2: so if we were to hike in from the we have to come in from the south so if we were to hike in and go up and over that, we are looking at the southwest facing slope. Most mm-hmm. of those deer aren't going to be in there except maybe yeah. in the morning. And that's, we're not going to put a stock on that open face. So I'm wondering if it isn't advantageous of us to hike up around that stuff and come back each ridge from the north or I have no idea. I really don't know how quite how I want to hunt that yet. So take a look at that. And some of that, it's prairie hunting, but it's, there's these little breaks in there. Kind of like what you consider Missouri river breaks, but not quite as, as, uh, rough. They're just smaller little cedar, cedar draws, but it's going to be fun, fun country. And you can see the, the egg fields down below that are nice and green and lush. And I'm sure that the deer come up off of that field into the, the breaks during the, during the day or late morning. So I'm thinking, Maybe Ideally,
3: even... I'm thinking see them in the morning, watch them bed down, try and put a stock in on them when they're bedded down.
2: Mm-hmm. That's kind probably of, the way to do it.
3: Kind of what I'm thinking because, you know, those fields aren't going to offer you any cover. No. Nope. So, um, honestly, think getting in there before it's light and getting somewhere where you're up on one of those little breaks, one of those little ridge lines, and being able to see, once you see some movement, watch them watch bed down and try and get in make sure. I'm just I'm so excited to to hunt some new country. That was my goal this year was to be able to hunt as much as I could. I'm very grateful that I was able to take all of September and be able to just focus on hunting and really just learning not only about animals but you know connecting more with myself. And so I'm excited to come out to South Dakota and hunt some country that's that's new. And I feel like all the stocks I put in on the mule deer this year was just warming me up for being able to hopefully have some opportunities in South Dakota. So,
2: yeah, well, you're going to get to hunt two different types of country here because it'll Mm -hmm. be, there's two different styles of hunts.
3: Mm -hmm. If this doesn't
2: work out, out. then we're going to come back to the hills and and hunt little whitetails. And that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother thing. Totally different. So
3: yeah. And uh, the following month I'll head over to Arizona and I'm going to do a little hunting with Ryan. When are you going don't need
2: to hunt uh, beginning of January.
3: You'll be there just right after me. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah. So
2: the only thing with the hills now, in, in November, it, it was always going to be an issue. But uh, the hills rifle season is going on. Mm-hmm. Then, but yep. it doesn't matter. Uh, I got a I rifle would, tag too in that. Yeah. For the hills.
3: Personally, I would much rather hunt before that rifle season's in. Just with the accidents that are hunting in the or happening in the field these days. I'm sure you heard about the yeah the death of the musloader from the musloader hunter this year, and um, they might not fall on being rut. But if I can find a buck and he beds down, that's he's going to be honestly probably less distracted and not covering as much ground chasing around a doe. Um, no, I, I think mean, it,
2: per- it'll be a good time. Per- That'd be a good time bed, to hunt.
3: Uh, yeah. So,
2: and you know, the, the should- we we won't be able to avoid the rifle season in the Black Hills, but avoiding it out on the prairie that'll be good yeah Uh, because in the in the black hills that starts november 1st i think so it'll be it'll be rolling it goes a whole month
3: so this area is technically considered the prairies
2: yeah yep yeah and really you've got the hills area black hills area that's just everything kind of southwest of 90 and i-90 and and then uh kind of rides along that wyoming border and it's a big, huge chunk of ground, but the, the stuff that is all around that and pretty much the West, the rest of Western South Dakota is obviously all the prairie. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And, um, but I think that's a good spot to stop for the day just get a little update and a little chat about what's happening, what's going on and, uh, mid season catch up, but we'll have, uh, October be done here quicker than we realize and you'll be out here hunting
3: i'll be out here hunting we'll be recording another podcast
2: yeah my birthday is november 7th so i would love i have wanted to kill a buck on my birthday so bad so bad
3: i'll make sure i'm there at least for the 7th and that way hopefully we can get you one down we can work as a team on that day and i'll leave my bow behind and i'll have the spotter and we'll focus on trying to get you a deer on that day
2: sounds good Okay, so Dreya, uh, real quick, give a quick briefing on your women's clothing line and kind of what what's going on there, and then how people can can look at your your guys' stuff.
3: Absolutely. So, for those of you guys who are listening and have supported us, I just want to give you a big, big thank you. We are so grateful for the community and for the support that we've had so far starting up Ridge Patrol, which is a women's specific clothing line so it's made by women tested by women and as co-founder of Ridge Patrol I have tested out each piece of gear and I love it I've worn all of my Ridge Patrol gear for the entire month of September hunted I don't know 24 days and put it through the ringer and it held up it performed really well in all types of weather so if you're a lady out there or if you know a lady whether she's your wife, your sister, your mom, your friend, anyone, um, send them on over to ridgepatrol.com and check us out. Like I said, made by women for women. We are USA made. Our manufacturer is in California and we are environmentally friendly. So um, check us out. Thanks for the support. And uh, we're going to go, we're going to go big places. I'm excited for it. This is just the beginning. So check us out.
2: Well, sounds good. I know I've heard the same complaint, but from a lot of women hunters, can't find stuff that fits, Don't can't find mm-hmm. things that perform. So it uh, looks like you guys are working to fill that niche.
3: We are. Absolutely. Well,
2: anyway, sounds good. Well, have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon.
3: Back Clint.
2: See ya.